deepfake fraud foiling crypto exchange authentication. Data gravity brings cloud security down to earth. And are mega data breaches losing steam? These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. Cryptocurrency exchanges have been prime targets for criminals in recent years. Getting rich quick by breaking into digital wallets has proved to be pretty enticing for fraudsters. Many exchanges have upped their authentication game, requiring two-factor authentication to log in and, in the case of losing that second factor, asking for more robust photo ID. However, as ISMG's Managing Editor Security and Technology, Jeremy Kirk, explains... Forces are using new technology to break in. When hackers try to steal someone's Bitcoin from a cryptocurrency account, there's a roadblock that invariably appears, a request for a one-time passcode. Two-step verification is the most common security tool to prevent account takeovers and it's saved many accounts. But occasionally, users lose their phone with the app that generates the code. If users can't reset the code on their own, they need help from the service provider but the service provider needs to verify the account holder first. Many cryptocurrency exchanges handle this by requiring users to hold up a piece of ID, a sheet of paper with the date written on it, and take a photograph of themselves. Foolproof, right? Not so. Alex Holden is CISO of the security consultancy Hold Security. He says there's a market for doctored photographs that aim to convince exchanges to reset the two-step verification. In many cases where the company has no ability to assert what their uh, client looks like, they have to actually rely on this type of reset mechanism. Analysts at Holden's company lurk in dark web hacking forums to learn of new data breaches and fraud techniques. Over the last six months, Holden says he's found some 10,000 doctored photographs for sale for around $50 each. Some photos are comically bad cut and paste jobs with mismatched pixel grain or glaring contrast. But untrained eyes may have a hard time flagging the higher quality ones. The people in the photos likely have no idea they're part of the scheme. Their photos have been stolen and repurposed. Passport or ID details are changed to match the targeted victim's cryptocurrency account. The hackers are hoping that the cryptocurrency exchange either doesn't verify the person in the submitted photo matches or simply doesn't have one of the person on file. The fraud highlights the broader problem that has plagued the commercial internet since its inception. Proving identity is difficult since personal data can be stolen and replayed from credit card numbers to passport numbers. Mark Loveless is a security researcher and authentication expert who says he's heard of this kind of fraud before. There's a mechanism that needs to be overcome. A determined attacker you know, with proper motivation is going to figure out a way around it. Right now, the motivation is cash. That's, that's what they're after. It's a profit motive. And so they're going to try to think of some way to disengage uh, whatever authentication may be in place so they can gain access to that money. Is this successful at resetting accounts? Of several Bitcoin exchanges contacted by ISMG, only one, Binance, said has seen this scam. Binance says that it sometimes requires its customers to also take videos of themselves, which then it compares to other material it has on file. But Holden says there's talk in hacker forums that it is successful. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, it has noted success rates. Do I know how much of it actually? Don't know. It's, it's not like uh, hackers publish success rates. Loveless says that also requiring video is clever for now. But video manipulation is becoming more polished through advances in artificial intelligence, so much that it has spawned a new category of deceptive content, or deepfakes. That could mean even now, video is less trustworthy. 
For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The annual RSA conference in San Francisco is once more just around the corner. And the ISMG team will be there in force with two video recording studios this year, one in Broadcast Alley and one across the street at the Marriott Marquis. On Tuesday 5th of March at the conference, Microsoft's Diana Kelly and Sean John are going to be presenting on Harnessing the Law of Data Gravity, Cyber Defence and the Hybrid Cloud. The title intrigued me, not least because I hadn't heard the term data gravity before. So I asked Diana and Sean, what is data gravity? Here's Diana's response. So data gravity is actually a concept that we have to give credit to the person who came up with it, Dave McCrory, who was working at VMware at the time. And at a high level, it's that data was going to function similar to the physical laws of gravity. So the more data that you get, the more it's going to draw data to itself. But most importantly, it's going to draw services and applications to it, too. Um, And the the more that you've got latency uh, issues, so if, if latency is unacceptable, if you have bandwidth issues and you've got less bandwidth, then that's going to drive that gravity of the apps and the services to the data even more rapidly. And this has really deep meaning in cloud space because what are we creating in the cloud? We're creating these massive balls of data gravity. So that's the original concept. Now, what we're going to be talking about is taking that and extending the concept of data gravity to the Security Operations Center. And I'm going to hand off to Sean because she was the one who came up with the, the idea originally. Yeah, hi, yeah, this is uh, Sean. Yeah, it was really uh, having moved to Microsoft from having worked in the security industry for a long time, going out and talking to customers, and they were all asking if we could send them all our role logs so that they could put that into their security operations center and deal with it. And if that's just saying, well, we could, but your, your SIM or your monitoring tool isn't really going to be able to cope with that. And then it sort of reminded me of the data gravity concept and the fact that if we do that, you're effectively going to take up all the bandwidth for your for your internet connectivity, never mind whether your tool can take it, because there's just too much data. So actually, we're getting now in the security world with cloud to that same big data problem that we had in the sort of wider IT world. And it's possibly one of the reasons why people are having challenges with building socks because of the fact that they need to stitch together these different areas of effectively data gravity to get insights and understand what's going on. Finally, there's been a decline in the total number of data breaches in recent years, which is undoubtedly a good thing. However, like most silver linings, there is also a pretty large dark cloud. ISMG's executive editor, Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz, explains why we shouldn't be lulled into a false sense of security. Are data breaches finally in decline? Well, the good news is that in 2018, the total number of reported US data breaches declined by 23% from 2017. So says Identity Theft Resource Center, a nonprofit organization that assists US data breach victims for free and which keeps a running tally of data breach notifications to state regulators as well as victims. But if the total number of breaches has declined, ITRC found that unfortunately, there were 126% more sensitive records exposed in 2018 than the prior year. Sensitive records include social security numbers, 
dates of birth, medical diagnoses, payment card information, and other types of data that trigger U.S. states' mandatory data breach notification requirements. Hence, the count of 450 million records doesn't even include email addresses, usernames, or passwords, which were also exposed in abundance in breaches in 2018. In addition, many organizations do not report exactly which types of records may have been stolen or exposed. As a result, ITRC thinks that many more records and types of sensitive data likely went missing. Data breach tallies aside, one big question is whether organizations' security practices are improving such that they are now blocking many more types of attacks that could lead to breaches than before. Years past, for example, have seen many mega breaches come to light that had affected the likes of Yahoo, Anthem, OPM, and Equifax. So are these types of mega breaches finally in decline? Unfortunately, the answer seems to be no. In 2018, the biggest data breach was experienced by Marriott, which had been hacked since attackers breached the Starwood Reservation database in 2014. Two years later, in 2016, Marriott acquired Starwood and the hacked database for $13 billion. All told, 383 million accounts appear to have been breached. The Marriott breach is the third largest corporate data breach in history, at least that we know about, following Yahoo, which recorded the number one and number two worst breaches of all time, and followed by Adult Friend Finder at number four. That self-described thriving sex community lost 420 million accounts in 2016. Fifth place goes to everyone's favorite credit reporting agency, Equifax. At last count, its 2017 data breach exposed personal details for 161 million consumers. As this spate of mega breaches, some recent, suggest, and as security experts tell me, unfortunately, the era of big, bad breaches is hardly likely to be over. In part, that's because businesses keep inventing new types of services and new technologies. Last year, for example, Facebook's social single sign-on system was hacked. Attackers could have abused it to access hundreds of other accounts or services each victim used. In 2016, Uber suffered a massive data breach, spilling driver and rider data. But that ride-sharing service didn't even exist 10 years ago. Also look back to 2014, when a Facebook personality survey app created by a Cambridge University researcher grabbed information not just about Facebook users, but also their friends. And this information on tens of millions of individuals ended up in the hands of a notorious data analytics firm called Cambridge Analytica, which has since been tied to efforts involving the presidential campaign of Donald Trump, as well as the UK's referendum on its EU membership, known as Brexit. So if one thing is certain based on the history of data breaches and mega breaches, from our vantage point here in 2019, over the next five or 10 years, we'll be breached in ways that we could never have predicted. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time. Thank you.